Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. This morning, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We are starting a new series entitled Epic Faith. And it's a natural progression, having studied what it means to be led by fire. It's obvious the Lord is leading us. It's obvious to me that we are in a season of unusual grace. I mean, how else do you explain what we're seeing at Joplin, where the attendance is up now almost 60%. It is, that campus is growing. We're seeing people saved at the North like never before, at the West like never before, at Joplin like never before, online like never before. We're seeing more people saved right now at the South than ever before in a month of January. We're seeing people come to Christ. It's exciting. Imagine that, 177 people being baptized just in one week in the middle of a pandemic. In fact, last year in January, before it started, we were on a record pace, and we're ahead of that this year. God is working. God is moving in such a powerful, such an extraordinary way. On Wednesday nights, I mean, literally, we're watching the Lord. He's taking us from glory to glory to glory. The presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord that is here, people being healed on Wednesday night. I got several testimonies of people who had been healed on Wednesday night. It's amazing. God is doing awesome things. But here's the fact of the matter. Our faith, let me just personalize it, your faith, my faith, will determine much of what you see, much of what I see during this season where God is moving. We don't have to wonder if God is moving. He is moving in power. Whether we will experience that, whether we will see a greater demonstration of God's working in this place and in our lives individually has everything to do with our faith. I would say as well, given the environment in which we live with the pandemic that is not only nationwide but worldwide, there's never been a time when it's been more important for God's people to demonstrate an active, a vibrant, a hope-filled, a joyful faith. It shows people the difference that knowing Christ makes. Now listen. Faith is absolutely essential. It's not optional. It's essential. You can't be saved without faith. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. You have to have faith to be saved. You can't see miracles without faith. 
Jesus went to his hometown, Nazareth. You have to believe if there's anywhere that Jesus knew the needs, if there was anywhere that Jesus wanted to see people touched and healed and ministered to, it would have to be in his hometown. But look at this in Matthew 13, 58. And he, that's Jesus, did not do many miracles there. Why? Because of their lack of faith. If you and I aren't living with an active, vibrant faith, we will miss much of what God would have wanted to do in our midst. Two blind men came to Jesus. Matthew chapter nine, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do? And they said, Lord, we want to receive our sight. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you as your faith is. I'm not saying it's everything, but I'm saying it's much of, it has much to do with what you and I would receive from God and experience from God. Because if you don't believe he will do it, you'll never ask him to do it, or you'll ask in a faithless way that will beg that prayer not to be answered. So before we look at anything, we have to understand that this whole issue of faith is very, very important. Now, let me just say this, and all of this just by way of background to set the stage for what we're going to look at. If there's one thing the devil wants to attack in your life, it's your faith. At times, people will say, oh, the devil's attacking my marriage, or the devil's attacking my finances, or the devil's attacking the place where I work. What he is really attacking is your faith. Everything he attacks is to get at our faith. Why? Because our faith moves mountains. Our faith stirs heaven. Our faith rebukes hell. Our faith leads to healing. Our faith gives us courage. Our faith gives us confidence. Our faith makes us bold. Our faith is the stuff of miracles. Our faith makes a massive difference. Our faith gives us the tenacity to keep believing, to keep pressing, to keep going when everything inside us might tell us to give up. Faith tells us no, keep on going. God is faithful and he honors faith because faith honors him. Faith is important. I mean, the Apostle Paul understood this. He went to Thessalonica, a town in the northern part of Greece, and he was there two weeks. He cared for those people. He loved those people, possibly ministered to them on three weekends, but was only there two weeks. And so after he leaves, he's worried about that church. What does he care most about when it comes to new believers? What is it that he's concerned about? He sends Timothy, and he sends Timothy to check on them and what is his concern when Timothy checks on him? I can tell you this, it's not the size of the parking lot, it's not the color of the carpet. What he cares about is their faith. Look at it, three times in chapter three, we sent Timothy, who's our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. In verse five, he says this, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. Why, because if your faith is weak, you're weak. If your faith is shallow, 
the work of God in you will be shallow. In verse 6, but Timothy has just come to us from you and has brought good news about what? Your faith. Verse 7. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. And then verse 10, night and day, we pray most earnestly that we might see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. All that's simply to say, your faith and the condition of your faith may be the most important thing about your walk with Christ. So, with that in mind, let me just start this series with three questions about epic faith. Number one, what is faith? What is faith? Probably the best definition of faith is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is. I want you to stop there for a moment. I want you to notice that faith is. It's present tense. It's not faith was. Faith is. Faith is active. Faith is vibrant. Faith is never passive unless it's what Christ has done for us and he's the one that's working. But even then, faith is always active. And it's always faith and, faith and obedience, faith and works, faith and love, faith and hope. And this verse tells us some things about faith. It tells us, first of all, that faith is confidence. Look at it. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Some translations say, now, faith is the substance. And it all comes down to how you want to translate the Greek word there. You could translate it substance. It's translated that way in a couple of places in the New Testament where it says in, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, we won't look at it, but you can look at it, write it down, and look at it later. It says, Jesus is the exact representation of the substance of God. In other words, Jesus is, he was in essence God. So we could say now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, when, when you're walking in faith, what happens is the things you have faith about actually begin to take on an essence or a substance of the reality. For example, you are planning a vacation in the depth of the winter. You're looking forward to it. Either you are sitting there and you are thinking of yourself going down the black diamond slopes of Colorado. And when it's cold, you can actually at times picture yourself. And it's as if your faith in the fact you're going now takes on substance. Or you're picturing yourself on the beach the waves rolling in, you're reclining there, you're reading your book, you're enjoying your nap, you're doing whatever it is you do on vacation on the beach, but you are there and you're just picturing the warm waves, just, just soaking it in. Faith in your vacation has taken on substance. There is an essence where when you and I walk by faith, the things that 
we are praying about, the things that, that we are sensing God wants to do. Because I believe faith is not just asking God to do things, but there are times when faith is sensing what God is doing, and there's such a sense that that sense begins to have substance. Are you with me? You could also think of it, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. In other words, faith is, what's assurance? Confidence. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. For example, there, there's a chair here. I don't know who manufactured the chair. I haven't read the little tag on the bottom that if you remove before you buy it, you'll be arrested. <laughs> I haven't inspected the welds. But I have confidence, I have assurance that if I just chillax on this chair like Bernie, <laughs> that the chair will hold me up, right? Now here's what's interesting, I have assurance, I have confidence in this, I have faith, but I know less about this chair than I know about God. The Word of God has told me a whole lot more. I have a whole lot more reason to trust Him than I have to trust that chair. But I sat in the chair. I had confidence in the chair. Listen, when you know the Word of God, when you're walking with God, the longer you walk with Him, the more in your, you're in His presence, the more really becomes to you, the more assurance or confidence you have. And all of a sudden what happens is your faith gives you confidence about the things you're hoping for. It's no longer, I hope that works out. It's more like, I know that will work out. I have confidence that God is a God who does the things that hope it visualizes, that hope anticipates God is the God who does those things. We are not in a hope so religion. We're not in a I wish. When you pray, you're not wishing us upon some star. When you pray, when you're walking by faith, and what happens is faith begins to make God's will, God's plan, God's power, God's direction so real to us, both in our life and in the lives of others around us, that all of a sudden we have an assurance of the things we're hoping for. We have confidence. Faith is confidence. Faith is conviction. Look at it. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. When we're talking about conviction, this is not a preference. I prefer this instead of that. A conviction is, it's a part of my soul. It's a part of my being. It's something that I hold to internally. It's something I am convicted of. It's, it's something that I know, that I know, that I know. I mean, when a person lives out of conviction, there is a power. 
When you and I understand, when we have certain convictions, it guides our life, it directs our life in the same way faith does. For example, I've got some convictions. I've got the conviction that, that the Word of God rightly divided under the anointing of the Holy Spirit will transform people's life. That's a conviction I have. My opinions, I don't preach my opinions because my opinions can't transform people's lives. But I do know that the Word of God can. I have a conviction. I have a conviction that when I pray, God answers prayer. I know that he answers prayer. When the church prays, when we get the people together, the more the people pray and the more they pray, the more God will do. I know that it's a conviction. I've got faith in my giving. I know when I give, God blesses. I don't, I don't sit there and say, I hope he bless. I, I just know he does. I know. I know there's a heaven. I've got a conviction that there is a heaven that is a real place. I've never seen it. It is invisible. It's not seen, but I know it's there, and I will go there. I have a conviction that God saves. I can't see him save somebody, but I know he saves people. Faith is a confidence in God and a conviction regarding things you and I cannot see. So that you know, that you know, that you know. Call it, if you will, a, an intuition. It is a, that, that is convictional. It is suddenly you know what you couldn't have known before. That's faith, and all of us need to grow in that so that, because really what faith is, is faith is the channel by which you and I not only receive from God, but sense what God is doing as we walk with him by faith. So what is faith? It's confidence and it's conviction. Why is faith important? And there's two reasons. First of all, because faith pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. We're going to give it to you from the ESV and the NIV. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. The NIV says this is what the ancients were commended for. You say, who are the ancients? These are the people that we are, we're going to read about as we make our way through the text. It's people who were commended not just for doing works, but they were commended for doing works by faith. And so we're gonna read later, by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith Jacob, by faith Joseph, by faith Moses' parents, by faith Moses. As we go through, there are people who walked by faith. Their circumstances varied. Some lived in a sea of wickedness. Others lived relatively quiet lives. Some had very active lives. But all of them had a confidence in God, and all of them had a conviction regarding things they could not see. Let me give you an example here. So if we're going to look at it, we won't take long on this, but by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive his, his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he's going. He couldn't see where he was going. He didn't know where he was going, but he knew that God was calling him, therefore he went. This is a life of faith. This is being sure of what we hope for. What's he hoping for? His own land. What, he's, what is he certain of? Something he cannot see. 
That's the life of faith. That's an example. By faith, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking, he can't see it, but he's looking forward to this city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. He can't see it, but he's certain of it. He can't see it, but he's confident that God's called him, and that's where the life, the life of faith is not knowing how everything's gonna play out along the way. The life of faith is knowing that you've heard the voice of God, you've read the word of God, God has quickened you, and now you are walking in it. That is the life of faith. By faith, Moses. When he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? He regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Could he see his reward? What's the answer? No. He was certain of something he could not see. Listen, if you have to see everything before you're going to do anything, you cannot walk by faith. This is what trips a lot of people up when it comes to receiving Christ. Well, if I could just know, if I could just see, if I could just this, if I could just that. Listen, God is speaking to you. God is calling you. And the start of faith is when you say, I believe the word of God. Jesus died for my sin. I believe I have to act on that. And when I do act on it, I will be saved. And at that point, faith is activated in your life and it results in salvation. It's the same then in everything thereafter. When you got saved, did you know what was going to happen to you? No. Did you know what God was going to do? No. But you started the journey and praise God you did. As you look back, you're like, I'm so glad I took that step. You couldn't see it, but you were confident. You couldn't see it, but you were certain and that's faith. Here's, here's Moses. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. How do you see the invisible? By faith. Now listen. Faith hears the inaudible. It sees the invisible. That's why it does the impossible. Faith hears what nobody else hears. Don't expect the people at work to hear what you hear. Don't expect them to see what you see. People say, oh, that's crazy. I can't go for all that. I, I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't see it that way. Of course you don't. You're not walking by faith. I mean, faith sees the invisible. God has always commended people when they live by faith. Romans chapter four, it says this, for the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteousness because, as righteous because of his faith. He, God said, listen, Abraham, you don't, have any, you don't have any children, you don't have a biological heir, but guess what? There's gonna be, you're 100 years old, your wife is 90 years old, you're both past the age of reproduction humanly speaking, but guess what? I'm gonna give you a son and then you're gonna have so many descendants that the only way you'd ever be able to number them is if you could count the stars or the grains of sand on the beach. Physically, there's nothing 
about that promise from God that would be humanly possible or believable. And Abraham said, God, because you say it, I believe it. With all of my heart, I believe it. And God said, I'm going to honor you because of that. Listen, there's some of you, and you're too caught up in the questions, and God can handle your questions, but if, if you have to have every question answered to walk by faith, you'll never walk by faith. God will give us just enough information to take the next step, just enough information to move forward, but he's not going to answer every question. The thing that stops so many people from stepping out and walking by faith is they have to know how it's all going to end before they'll take the first step, and no journey of faith can be that way. And God is calling everybody in this church, at the West Campus, online, at at Joplin, at the North Campus, he's calling everybody here at the South Campus to a, a new level of faith, of confidence and conviction in him. Because God wants to do things in everybody's life in this room, not just in the church. He's going to do it in the church, but he wants to do it in everybody's life. I mean, wouldn't it be tragic if all you saw at church was God working in everybody else's life and not in your own? I can't think of anything that would be more miserable than that. But in that sense, every single one of us are the ones who decide the level to which God is going to work in our life. Every one of us can have as much of God as he wants or she wants. So we're walking by faith because faith pleases God. Hebrews 11, verse 6, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Be as good a person as you want to be. But if you don't have faith, you're not going to please God. Listen, here's what you have to settle in your heart. It pleases God when you and I believe him to do things that are impossible in our life. It pleases God when you and I believe he's big enough to do it, personal enough to care about you in doing it, and that it will happen when you and I go to God and we believe that he exists and we believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him and we say, God, I'm believing you to do the impossible in my life. God says, oh, wow, I'm going to help this person. I can't wait to show my glory in their situation to a watching world. I'm going to honor their faith because their faith has honored me. So faith pleases God. And second, and this is very, very important, faith gives us insight into how God works. Look at it, verse 3. By faith, we understand. Now, this is, this is a very, don't read the rest of it. Think about this for just a moment. There's an understanding of the way God works and what God wants to do that comes when a person is walking by faith, that the person who does not walk by faith or does not have a strong faith, they they forfeit that understanding. Call it, if you will, a sixth sense. I, I sense what God is doing in a place. I sense his presence in a place. I sense his conversation in a place. And, and let's not limit it to church. You do, if you do that, you've missed the whole point of it. Faith is 24-7, 365 days a year. You and I need faith, not just on Sunday morning. We need faith on Monday morning. We need faith on Wednesday afternoon. We need faith on Thursday night. We need faith. 
Because God is working all the time in our life. And if you're not walking by faith, you'll never have the courage, the confidence, or the conviction, the certainty to step out in what he's doing. So, like, for example, Debbie's at TJ Maxx, which if you ever want to talk to Debbie, just go to TJ Maxx. She'll be there. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, you know, she, she's got all these stories. So she's like, she's like, yes, I saw this. She comes home. She and Savannah come home. She's like, yes, I saw this lady at, at TJ Maxx. I said, I said, oh, she said, oh, it's the coolest thing. I said, well, what happened? She said, I went up to her. I said, wow, you're really, you're really happy. And she said, I knew before I talked to her that God wanted her to work at James River. I was like, before you talk, oh, I, I saw her and, and the Lord said, she's supposed to work at James River. So I said, so what'd you do? She said, I went up to her and said, would you like to work at James River? And the girl said, yes. Now I'm just, I'm, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you in telling that is that faith Faith is the, the means, it's the channel by which you and I begin to live the Christian life the way it was intended, and the way it was intended is as a supernatural existence, where that's the norm, not the exception. So we're talking about God speaking to you, but you're never gonna step out. Debbie is not gonna step out and talk to that girl unless Debbie has confidence and has conviction. This is why you have to, you have to develop it. You have, to, you have to pray, Lord, Lord, I want to walk by faith. And it begins by believing God for big things and believing God does things not only in your life but in the lives of people around you because he's a big enough God to do that. And then he intersects your life with other people's lives. So it could be as simple as, as something like that. It could be as simple as you being in a, in a store and all of a sudden somebody's telling you something. You say, could we pray right now? And, and you believe more in the power of God than you are worried about what people might I think. And as a result, what happens is you start seeing miracles. You start seeing God do what he's going to do because God honors faith because faith honors him. By faith, we understand. We have a sense of what God's doing. Here's an example. That the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, I, I want to just look at that verse from several different directions. There are some things you and I can only understand by faith. The, the writer's point is faith helps us understand what you and I cannot see and we could not know any other way. The creation of the world at God's command is something that you and I can only know by faith. You can't know that by sight. You can't say, was, I was all there when it happened. Some days you might feel like you were, but nobody can say I was there. Not even science outside of faith can explain how the world began. Science can only observe and discover the laws that already exist. But science cannot observe things before they existed. 
I mean, let's face it, we have trouble grasping what already exists because, frankly, it's so huge. The Hubble telescope, back when it was sending pictures back to Earth, one of the, one of the things it showed was a galactic collision, are you ready for this, of 1,000 star clusters. Each cluster had a million stars. I mean, it was, it was like this major traffic pileup as these galaxies, as these clusters collided. I mean, that's hard to comprehend. Astronomers tell us there are 100 billion stars in a galaxy, and there are 100 million galaxies in known space, and Albert Einstein theorized that total space is a billion times greater than known space, and I don't care how many microscopes and, and labs and test tubes and bunts and burners you have, you can't understand that. There's no way to quantify that. When it comes to the creation of the world, we accept it by faith. And honestly, faith in a God who created is a thousand times more reasonable than faith in an accidental chain of events that created life. That's unreasonable. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, by faith we understand the universe was formed at God's command. Universe could be understood as worlds. The visible world, the invisible world. By faith we understand the invisible world was formed at God's command. Heaven, hell, angels, demons, all the things you and I cannot see and those realities are actually greater than the realities we can see. We also understand the physical world was formed at God's command, the visible world. We could look at the word universe as, it, it, it could be eons, the, the ages. By faith we understand the ages were formed at God's command. You say, what does that mean? That in eternity before time began, God commanded it. He's without beginning, he's without end. In when time is no more and we're in the eternal state, God's created it. By faith we understand that, we know that. We have confidence in it and we have conviction about it. I haven't been there, but I know it's there. I know when I die, I know where I'm going. I'm going to that eternal home that Jesus said he has prepared for me. I'm as certain of that as I am anything. Here's the tragedy, when somebody has a weak faith, they, even if they know the Lord, it's very hard for them to get their arms around that. The difference is then they fear death, which is, which is heartbreaking to watch, especially in a, a believer who doesn't have the faith to, to understand that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. I, I like the way the King James and New, uh, New King James puts it, framed. I, I think that's honestly the best translation, that God was establishing the parameters of the ages. He was establishing the parameters of the invisible world. He was establishing the parameters of the visible world, that God was, he was creating the parameters of our physical world. He was creating the parameters of the moral universe. There is a moral universe. There is a good and there is an evil, and that is woven into the fabric of the universe without definition by man. People understand it. 
By faith, we understand that the spiritual world was framed, the spiritual laws that govern life. For example, the Ten Commandments are an example of that. God's saying, listen, let me give you a clue how I've set this thing up. There are some things in life that work, and there are some things in life that don't work. I'm just telling you, when you put other things in front of me, when you have other gods aside from me, it doesn't work. Because invariably, you're reduced to the level of the thing you worship. Man, the, the, the Bible says that over and over again. You become like what you worship. If you worship money, you become like it. Whatever it is you worship, you become like the object of, of your worship. So God says, hey, listen, worship me, and that's where the fullness of life is. God says, listen, I'm, I've set up the universe. There are seven days. One of the days you need to rest. You're made that way. The universe is made that way. Life goes better when you, when you acknowledge. God is just simply saying, listen, there are some things when you steal, when you take what's not yours, that's stealing. And when you do that, it doesn't go well. Whether you get caught or not. When you covet what somebody else has, when you're jealous, when you're constantly comparing yourself with somebody else and you want what they have instead of what you got, that doesn't work. I mean, those are part of the frame of the spiritual universe. And we only know these parameters by faith. Now look at it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe or the worlds or the ages were framed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That God, out of nothing, created everything that is. He was, he was the bang before the big bang. He created everything that, if you believe in a big bang, caused the big bang. I don't care how you, how you see it coming in to being all I'm saying is that God did it and he's the one who did it I believe again by faith in seven days now I realize the minute I said some of you people check out and some are like eh, no, I can't believe he's that stupid to believe that but I'm just saying by faith I believe I believe things were created with the appearance of age that when he created light, he created not only the source of light, but the light between the source of light and the place where light was. That when Adam was created, he wasn't created as a little tiny Adam. He was a big Adam. He was a full-grown Adam. Some of you are saying, John, it's just a little early for that kind of stuff. <laughs> Genesis 1. We'll, we'll close here in a minute. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1, 3. Through him, all things were made that were made. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image, that's Jesus, of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. God is invisible, but there is a real God. Let me tell you, by faith, we know that. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. These are classifications of angelic beings. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is absolutely holding it together. And at the end of time, around the throne room of God, in Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11, we read this. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. He created everything. By faith, we understand that. Finally, just quickly, how do I get faith? 
I think that's a really important question. How do I get faith? I believe this, and I think the Word of God teaches, to every man is given a measure of faith. The issue is, what do you do with that faith? Jesus says, to him who has, more will be given. But to him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And what he's talking about is the desire for more. If you have a desire for more, you're gonna get more. If, if you don't have a desire for more, even what you have is gonna be gone. So the way it works is every man has a measure of faith. Every woman has a measure of faith. God has placed that in your heart. When you hear the word of God, if you say, you know what? I'm, I, I want more understanding. I want more insight. I want more of God. I wanna grow in my knowledge of God. I wanna grow in my faith. I want, I want more. Guess what? God's says, I will give more. But if you say, I could care less and I don't care about any of that, then even what you have, which isn't much, is taken from you. The issue is how you and I respond. This is where action is so absolutely critical. That when you and I are confronted with things that we know are God's will, if we choose to obey, then our faith grows. If we choose not to obey, then our faith diminishes. This is why there's an urgency every time I give an invitation for salvation or when I know people are in the room and they're away from God. Because if people respond to the invitation, their faith's gonna grow. If people say, oh, I don't know, then, then there's, a, I think, a great risk that they're taking. It's a dangerous thing to say no to God. Not because God's going to get you, it's just because you, the more you say no, delay diminishes the voice of the Spirit in the life of a person. Delay causes people not to experience deliverance. It's a really important thing. So remember faith, now faith is, it's present, it's active, it does. Faith has to do things. Faith is always doing things. For example, James chapter two and verse 17 says, so, by faith, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. If somebody just says, well, I believe, I believe, but there's no action that backs that up then it's a dead faith. And the next thing James says is, can such a faith save them? And the answer is no. So if a person says, you know what, I, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, but they're never gonna call on God, they're never gonna receive Christ as their savior, they're never gonna rededicate their heart, guess what, that faith will not save you. It's a dead faith, James calls it a demonic faith. There is a faith that doesn't save, it's a faith that does not have works. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action. So saving faith has action. Saving faith says, I'm deciding to follow Jesus. Saving faith says, I'm deciding that I wanna be a new creation. Saving faith says, I'm making a decision to follow Christ, I don't care what anybody else thinks, I'm following Christ. That's saving faith. Faith that doesn't save says, well, I believe and that ought to be good enough. I believe, God knows I believe, if he's gonna keep me out of heaven because I didn't raise my hand, I didn't make a decision, then that's his problem, not mine. That's a faith that will not save you. That's a faith that'll send you right to hell. And you're gonna, we're gonna see it next week with, with Abel. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain did. By his faith, he was commended by God when God spoke well of his offering. 
And by faith, he speaks, still speaks, even though he's dead. There's a legacy to faith. So action is really critical. How do you have faith? How do you grow in faith? You act on it. Let me put it very simply, because this is not as complicated as people like to make it. If you've not been baptized, and you know it's the command of Christ, then if you want to grow in faith, you get baptized. I mean, if you feel God speaking to you about something, you do it. I mean, it's, it's not that hard, because if you're not committed to following the revealed will of God, how do you think you'd ever have the courage or the confidence or the conviction or the ear to hear the unrevealed will of God? The way I grow in my ability to sense the things of the Spirit is I do the things that He has revealed in His Word, and as I do those things, then I find my faith strengthened, my sensitivity sharpened, my channel of faith broadened to sense, oh, God, God's speaking to that person. Like Debbie said, she should work at James River, and she's been a real blessing, by the way. Or God's doing this, God's doing that, because much of life is about sensing what the Spirit of God is doing in any given moment. I'm just telling you, that's, that's not just true for pastors, that's true for everybody. There are moments when God is working in the lives of people or in your own life and directing you about all kinds of things, both things that are overtly spiritual and things that are much more mundane, but God is at work nonetheless. Second, how do I get more faith? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Get the Word of God in you. You know what happens when you're listening to the Word of God? The Word of God has a renewing effect on your mind. The Word of God is powerful. It's sharper, James or Hebrews says, than any two-edged sword. It cuts right to the, the center of your being. You know, in, in that sense, I would say this, and, and listen, I'm, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you something, and I'm not, I realize I'm a preacher, and a preacher ought to be able to, to do ought to be able to do more on some things, I, I, I think. Although I'm sure there are people who do more than I do. So I'm with a guy, he's the president of WorldServe, John Bongiorno, he's, he's here today. John says, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the Word of God all the time. I'm, I'm listening to it when I work out and finding out that I'm, I'm going through the Bible four and five times um, a year. Just listening to it while I'm working out. You know, I listen to it during my devotional time, but then through the day I'm listening to it. And when he said this, it really, challenge me because here's what I noticed in John. Well, you're, you're, you're just like talking with him and, and all of a sudden what happens is he's talking about the Bible stories like they were in the, the morning newspaper. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Like, well, you know, so-and-so did this and this and you're like, you, they're like, they just read it in the newspaper and they're telling you, but it, it's become so much a part of them. It's just what comes out of them. It was very convicting to me, and I thought, you know what, if they're willing to do that, I bet I could do better than I'm doing. So I just thought, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get more of the Word of God in me. And honestly, so multiple times through the year, I'm, I'm going through the Word of God, and, and it has the same effect on my life as fasting does. I, that's the only way I can explain it. It has a, it has, it brings a spiritual vitality into your life that is supernatural and very hard to explain other than to say it's the Word of God, it's very powerful, and it builds faith. So what you could do is you could get the U version, and you could just play it when you're driving to work. 
You could play it when you can't sleep at night. Sometimes I just put an earbud in and, and play the Psalms and, and just listen to the Psalms until I fall asleep and just think about what it's saying. And you know, rather than worrying about falling asleep, I think about what God is saying in the Psalms and I go right to sleep. I mean, there's a thousand ways while you're working out, while you're, while you're doing the treadmill or while you're jogging, get the Word of God playing and watch what it will do in your life because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Listen to, listen to worship music that's scripture-based because there's a lot of great worship music out there. We're singing a lot of it. It's other people's music, but you can check it out and find out where, where, where you can get copies of it. It's really great. But I'm just saying when you do that, what happens is it builds your faith. Now, just to wrap this up, we need as strong a faith as we can possibly have, right? We're in a season where God is doing amazing things. And I just want you to see more amazing things in your life in this year than you have ever seen before. And I believe this, we're in a, we're in a very unusual season as a church. We're seeing things I have never seen in my entire ministry since the start. I mean, we're watching people being healed. I mean, several, we had a lot of people healed in this place Wednesday night. A lot of people, because we've gotten all kinds of, of testimonies about it. God is moving. We're getting, I mean, people saved like, like never before. People being baptized like never before. I mean, we're just seeing a grace, an unusual season of grace. And your ability to walk by faith and strengthen your faith is gonna result in you seeing God do more than he's ever done before. And, and I know he wants to do that, and I'm sure you want him to, amen?